Welcome to We Built This Life. I'm your host, Jennifer Walker, and this is the podcast that tells stories about entrepreneurs and small business owners and how they built their working lives from the ground up. This is episode 34 with Tiara Chin, the founder of Yorktown Spice, a Baltimore-based company that produces a really delicious crab sauce that was created based on a family recipe. Thank you so much for listening today. Hello, welcome to We Built This Life. I'm so happy that you're here today. Tiara Chin is today's guest. She's another amazing Baltimore small business owner. I'm really excited to have her on the show today to talk about Yorktown Spice and her crab sauce. And when I sent her an email asking her to be a guest on the show, I told her why. I wanted to share the story of how we discovered her crab sauce. So... Maybe several months ago, Tierra had a table at the Federal Hill Farmer's Market, and she was handing out samples of her crab sauce with pretzels. So you dip the pretzels in the sauce. And my daughter, she's 11, she tried the sauce and she really loved it. We bought a bottle that day, and now every time we go past the Baltimore Visitor Center, which stocks Tierra's sauce, my daughter wants to stop by and get another bottle. And still to this day, just yesterday, she was eating pretzels with this crab sauce. That's how she eats it. That's how she tried it in the beginning. Although the sauce is good in lots of different ways, which Tierra will share. So yeah, we buy the sauce locally. Uh, you can get it at, at a few stores in our area. But if you aren't local to Baltimore, the Yorktown Spice Crab Sauce is also available on Amazon. So you can get a bottle that way if you listen to this episode and you're curious to try it. And it is really good. I, I really like it too. It is good with pretzels. That's how I tend to like it as well. My husband says that he likes to eat it on eggs, like with an omelet or scrambled eggs. And then another reason I was really excited to talk to Tierra and to have her on the show is because she took an old family recipe or an iteration of an old family recipe and turned that product into a business. And I feel like this is maybe something that families talk about doing. I know we've talked about it in my family. My family on my mom's side is Polish, and I have a very clear memory of my aunt saying one day, I think we were in my grandmother's kitchen or her dining room, and not, not just me and her, but like a bunch of family members, of her saying that we should start some kind of business, in the we probably being her and my mom, where they would make pierogies and sell them on QVC. So it's just an idea that pops into your head. You know, you grow up making a certain type of food and, oh, maybe I could start my own business. Maybe this could turn into something. But I don't know that people always know what are the next steps that you take, right? You have the idea, but how do you turn it into a full-fledged business? And Tierra has done that. So I, I was really curious to hear the first steps she took in particular and how she made that happen. So if you're new to this show, first, welcome. <laughs> I'm really glad to have you here. And I just wanted to say what we usually talk about on these episodes and what Tierra will talk about today. As I mentioned, she'll talk about how she brought Yorktown Spice from an idea in her head into a small business. We'll talk about how she marketed the business early on and the challenges she's faced as an entrepreneur. I think that when people talk about the challenges they faced and how they overcome it, that's some of the most valuable sound bites that they provide on these episodes. They just think other people can really learn a lot from that, from listening to the challenges other people have faced and how they got to the other side. She'll talk about how she defines success and what she is most proud of and her advice for other small business owners and more. And something new that I'm asking is for guests to share what they wish others knew about supporting small businesses. Tiara will talk about that as well. If you enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it on social media. I'm at We Built This Life on Instagram and We Built This Life on Facebook. 
This will help others find the show, and I would be so, so appreciative if you choose to share. Okay, let's get into episode 34 of We Built This Life with Tiara Chin's small business story. Tiara Chin has had a diverse career working in several industries, and she added entrepreneur to that list after her mother-in-law, who is from Jamaica and a little bit more discerning about American food, suggested that she bottle the sauce and start a small business. I went to college and majored in, in business and Spanish in undergrad, and I started my career actually as a financial analyst for a defense contractor. I did that for two years, and then I wanted to go to business school. So then I went to business school and got an MBA. I don't really talk too much about my formal education because I'm just so excited about like the business and the work that I do. But I did. I got an MBA from Harvard Business School. And then when I graduated from Harvard, I really wanted to do something meaningful. And I actually became a teacher and taught sixth grade math with Teach for America. And I was so exciting for me. I used that to launch a career. I worked with seven additional years beyond that for a local firm in Baltimore, where we did education consulting. And then after that, I've worked in healthcare for almost four years as a regional operations director, managing a segment of region of outpatient clinics. So, you know, I've done a little bit of everything, but I started Yorktown Spice kind of along the way a couple of years ago. So Yorktown Spice is a, a condiment company. We have one product currently, and it's called Crab Sauce that was kind of built off of a family tradition that I've had in my family where we dip our crabs in this sauce whenever we're together. Everyone has their own kind of recipe, but in my family, it's something we always do when we eat crabs and it tastes great on like French fries, burgers, salmon, and a variety of other foods. We've been bottling it for about a year now. It's just invigorated me in a way that like no other work has had. And as you just heard, like I've had a variety of different careers and paths, but This, just being able to really pour into my own business, something, you know, Yorktown, a lot of people ask me about it. It's the name that of the street that I grew up on. So, you know, I just kind of pour a lot of personal love and attention into Yorktown Spice. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm actually taking some time to figure out what I want my next moves to be. So I am kind of right now full-time as of today, actually. Oh, <laughs> just, wow. Yes. So you're one of the That's first so to <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. As of today, I mean, I won't, I foresee having to go back into the workforce, but you know, right now I'm, t- I'm planning to take some time this summer and focus on my business and kind of figure out kind of what my next steps are. I have so many questions about how you started Yorktown Spice, but I have to ask about this, making this decision to like go full time. How are you feeling about it? How did you know it was the right move? You know, it was bittersweet because I absolutely love the team, like working in healthcare. Like I've just worked with some phenomenal people and we've done great things for our patients. And it was kind of hard to leave that. But, you know, first of all, like upward promotion is always important for me. And I had been doing the same job for about four years, and I didn't really see a path for it for me to kind of grow professionally. And, you know, I never take time for granted. And I just didn't really want to spend time in, in a role where I didn't really see much growth for me, and I didn't feel like I was continuing to learn. I love to learn, and I love to learn new things, which is why Yorktown Spice is so exciting. And we'll talk about that later, but I knew nothing about the food industry before starting this business. So anyway... I, you know, I have a, I'm a mom. I have two young girls that are two years old and five years old. And I have a husband and 
my youngest daughter was born during COVID. And last summer, I had like a very extensive workload. And I just thought, you know what, like, things aren't progressing to where I would really like them to go. I don't really see a path forward. I have this company that's really starting to take off. I'm like, you know what, I need to invest in me. And so it was it was definitely a hard decision, not one that I would take lightly. But you know, it it just worked out really in my favor that the timing worked out to be right now. I love that. I'm so happy to hear that you that you made that big move. So what about the big idea for Yorktown Spice? This is a family recipe, the sauce. How far back does it go? This this is back to grandparents further than that? Well, in terms of like making the sauce, I definitely know my grandmother and her sisters when they, you know, coming up, they would eat mixed crab sauce. As I mentioned before, we all have our own little kind of like recipe. We've taken it on on our own. But I know like the tradition of making the sauce goes back at several generations. My mom told me that actually my grandmother's sister, my great aunt, someone told her once, and I had no idea until like after I bottled the sauce, that someone told her when she was younger that she should sell the sauce. And she's like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, this is, you know, a long time ago and she's a young woman and she just, didn't have the same opportunities that I have today and thought it was absolutely going to be impossible for her to figure out how to manufacture and sell a sauce business. And so like that really, like really touched my heart to think that two generations later, here I am, but not even knowing that that's something anyone else had even thought to do. Oh, I love that. And you brought it to fruition. I did. So when did you get, when did you get the idea to bottle the sauce? Was it like a moment where you thought I want to do this or did it build over time? So, you know, I had, you know, I think I had joked about it before, you know, like eating crabs with my family, like, you know, I should bottle this sauce or one of us should, you know, do this one day. But it never was a serious consideration. I kind of kicked myself sometimes because I wish I had thought about it when I was in business school. (laughs) (laughs) And it could have been like something I actively worked on when I had the time to do it. But I never really seriously considered doing it until my mother-in-law, actually, she's from Jamaica. She did not grow up eating our blue crabs or anything like that. And she knows this about herself, but like she's very picky, especially when it comes to like food and American food. It's just not what she grew up eating. And so one day we were eating crabs for Mother's Day and I made the sauce and she said, you should bottle this. And I remember thinking, what? Like, she's like, no, I'm serious. Like, you should bottle this. And, you know, I and she sent me like information on like a pitch competition. And I was just like, well, like, I don't even have a product. I mean, I have a product, but like not in a bottle. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And the pitch competition is through an organization called SCORE. And so SCORE actually offers free business mentorship, which I knew nothing about. So I did sign up for a business mentor. And that's how I started to actually really look into what it would take to bottle the sauce. But I do credit her with kind of like giving me that push and the inspiration to actually take it seriously and try to to bottle the sauce. Yeah, I love that she sent you information about the pitch competition. She must have really believed in you. Yes, yes. I mean, she really did. That's amazing. Yeah, because so many families, I was thinking when I was getting in touch with you, like my background is Polish. And so pierogies are in my family. And I can remember my aunt saying when I was younger, we should we should make pierogies, we should sell pierogies. But nobody really knows like how to actually get there. You have this idea about how do you turn it into a business. So you had the pitch competition and how did you get to a business for Yorktown Spice from there? So I didn't enter the competition, but I did kind of get a business mentor to talk through like what the process would look like. And at the same time, I started researching commercial kitchens in Baltimore because although I didn't know very much about the sauce, I knew that to do it seriously, I would need to be in a commercial kitchen. So I worked with the Green Mount Culinary Incubator 
And the owner or manager of that kitchen walked me through the process. And his name is William, and he's still out there today. And I really do appreciate that about him is that he helped me to think through kind of what needs to happen. So like, I didn't know like where to get bottles. <laughs> I didn't know like where to order tops and just kind of like, what is the process? So, you know, I worked together with him on a consulting project. And part of that project was basically for me to get through my first, just a small batch. I think we did 10 or 10 bottles or so, just so I could kind of get it in a bottle, see what it looks like, understand what the process is, test it with some people and see like, is this a product that we want, want to work through? And I, I learned so much. Some of it now is just, it's like common sense. But I just remember thinking, I remember like telling my husband, I was just like, I just want to see it in a bottle. Like at home, you know, I kind of mix it up in a bowl and I eat it. I just want to see this finished product, a packaged product. And for me, that just seemed like the biggest milestone. That was 2021. Like little did I know that was just the beginning. <laughs> So I designed, I remember like I had to think through graphic design. So I did, I created my website. I didn't design the product because I'm not, I'm not a graphic designer, but I, I literally sketched out first by hand and then using a word document. And I sent it to this graphic designer being like, this is like kind of what I'm going for. And I need to frame that because it's actually not too far off from what I did. Even the design, I said, oh my gosh, this looks beautiful. And he said, well, you designed it. I just kind of made it a little bit nicer for you. So I just remember thinking through that. And then there's the entire like science behind it all, making sure you're meeting the standards of the health department, getting the product properly tested, taking the proper courses that you need to take to actually be certified as a food manufacturer and, and have that permit to operate that way. So I had to learn all of that. And between William starting me off and then me doing my own research and having my business mentor, we finally got to having the sauce in a bottle. So you had you had the 10 bottles, you had the sample, you're working with the business mentor. Was graphic design the next step or what was the next step after that to sort of get the product out to the people? So to get it to the people, so first I had to figure out like what bottle I wanted, what cap would seal. I had to make sure like I tweaked my recipe because like, you know what it's like, like if you, if you ever cook or make anything when you're making your pierogies, you probably just make it the way you make it, but you couldn't tell someone how to replicate it over and over again, unless you have it written down. So I had to actually like write down my recipe, which was fun. A lot of taste testing going on, like, okay. And then like figuring out how to scale it because I'm not making one tiny bowl anymore. I'm making it <laughs> in larger quantities. But once I figured out like the recipe, which bottle I wanted to use, I had to figure out what labels I wanted to put on the bottle. And all of this has like the design as well as the cost, like what's cost effective. So I had to look kind of from both avenues. So once I figured that out, I found someone to design the labels on the front. And then I had to work to figure out what the nutrition label was going to be in the back. Um, and there are resources out there to help you, whether it be consultants or, or websites like recipal.com, but different options for you to figure out like what the nutrition label needs to be on your bottle. And I'm that Maryland health department was actually really helpful. They walked me through every step of the way as well in terms of letting me know what I needed to do to be compliant. And I worked with Cornell. They have their food center there that did the testing for me. And they were very helpful as well as kind of guiding me on like what my options were. Shelf stable was not a word I really, a concept I really knew. Like I knew the concept, but I had never really said those words before. Meaning that like I knew I wanted my sauce to be able to sit on a shelf and not be refrigerated, but I had never said, oh, this is a shelf stable product versus a refrigerated product. So just understanding the language and the limbo and and what it took for my product to be shelf stable. 
and figuring out what that looks like because you can't just take anything and put it in a bottle and put it on a shelf. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of things that you don't think about if you're just a consumer. Like you never think about all the things that go into putting a product out there. You don't. I mean, and the thing is, like when you're at home and you're making something, you're eating it immediately, right? So like you're not thinking about the person who's not eating it immediately and making sure that it's packaged in a way that they can eat it later, maybe a month or two months from now or however long it might be. And so that's what I think a lot of people don't think about when they're just used to cooking at home, what needs to happen to make this product available for you as a consumer. So do you remember your first sale? I do. So first of all, I kind of like loop them two together. One is my friend. I love her to death. Her name is Kanisha. And she said, I want to be your first, your first sale. She just had so much faith in me. And so I remember sending her an invoice and she was like my first kind of like person who came to me and said, I want to support you, which was amazing. And then at the same time, I actually had a birthday party at my house and I showed my friends my sauce and they were like, what? Like, how many do you have? We want to buy them. And I'm like, really? Like, you want to buy this? I think I set it out on the counter for us to use as a dip with the appetizers I served. They were like, no, we want to buy it. And so I had groups of people who, uh, my friends who were there, purchased my sauce. So I was just really excited, really super excited about that. And then if I can just add, but the first time someone completely unrelated to me bought my sauce was at the very first market that we did. It was a holiday market. This was December. Those two incidents that I told you about with my friends were like October, November. And then December, I found out that there was a holiday market going around. So I remember I'm thinking like, I think I made a batch. I had about 25 bottles with me and my dad came with me and I was able to get into the market. We like got everything together in just like about a week's time and we set up our table and I'm like terrified. Nobody's going to want my sauce. And so I gave out a couple of samples to some customers And I just saw the reactions on everyone's face. We sold out like all 25 of those bottles in just like two to three hours. And so I just remember that was just like the adrenaline rush I needed. I was just like, okay, people who do not know me, (laughs) who have no connection to me, like they actually like my sauce and want my sauce. And that was the first time I actually sold to someone who had no connection to me or to my business. I love that. That must have been very validating to know that people really liked your product. It definitely was because I know some, you know, if you were in a big company, I'm sure you would do focus groups and, you know, have people give their opinions. And I didn't do anything, any of that. I honestly just kind of started with a few bottles and see where I could take it. When you were marketing in the beginning, were markets the main way that you got your product out there in front of other people? Yeah, markets and selling from my website. So I kind of did a push out with family and friends. I put my website out there and then I started doing more markets. So my first market after that one-time holiday market was the Fells Point Farmers Market, which I'm still in. And that was like the main way. And then the first retail partner that I had was the Makers of Maryland store on the avenue. I applied and I remember when I heard about them, I was just like, oh my gosh, like one day I would love to be in this store. I'm thinking it's like so far away. And then the application opened. And so it was December of 2021 when I had that first market that I told you about. And then I applied in that winter, beginning of the following year, 2022, and I was accepted. The woman who runs it, her name is, is Stephanie. And I remember getting that acceptance letter and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm in a store. And so Makers of Maryland was my very first retail partner. And that started May of 2022. 
Okay. All right. I'm going to shift a little bit. Can we talk about some of the biggest challenges that you have encountered as a small business owner and how you've addressed them? So the first challenge I would say was just realizing how much I didn't know, (laughs) which we talked about that already. And then I would say the second challenge was thinking about like how to finance my business and what that looks like. Because you realize quickly that the costs add up. And like I wasn't like looking for investors or anything. So ultimately, like I have self-financed my my business. I was able to get a loan from a family member that I returned quickly just to get me on my feet. But it was just a question of like, man, like how do I keep this going? Because as a lot of people know, it takes three years or so for a business to be fully profitable, right? Like we think about sales and of course I'm bringing money in, but I have to pay back investments that I've made to get up and running. So, and, and, and the monthly kitchen fees that I'm making in those months where I'm just kind of working on the business, but I don't have any real sales yet. So anyway, figuring out how to finance it. Marketing ended up being an issue that hasn't been an issue as much as I thought, because thank God, you know, our customers have really taken to the product and it's grown. But the biggest issue kind of for me personally was just time. I could spend all day and all night on my business, but I couldn't because I, A, I had a full-time job and B, like I have two little kids. And so I was like working and still do, I mean, all seven days a week, I'm in the kitchen on the weekends or in the evenings, I do the late, late shift after work. So I'm coming home in the beginning. It took me so long to make the sauce. It was just me in the kitchen. I would get home one, two in the morning and then have to go to work the next day. And then that's just to get the sauce in the bottle that doesn't account for the marketing and everything else that needs to happen. So that was just a hard thing. And I would say I'm just now getting to a point where I have been able to work with some other people, hire some people to help with the business. I've been able to delegate. And so it's it's cut the time that you know I've been able to do more markets. The process in the kitchen is quicker, but I'm just really honestly getting to a point where I'm kind of figuring that out. Yeah, I'd love to talk about the time a little bit more because you said you launched your business in 2021. Were you pregnant then or you had a newborn then? My baby was born in November 2020 and I incorporated the business in March of 2021. Oh my gosh. So you had a lot going on. Is there anything that you've learned about managing time as a, you know, when you were balancing a full-time job, a small business, being a parent that you think would be helpful for other people? You know, one thing that I think is helpful is just that kind of two things. Like one thing is just like you just can't get it all done all the time or at the pace in which you might want it to be done, right? Like, you know, there might be even today and the lesson holds true. You know, we had a couple of big markets this weekend and I wanted to have more bottles ready. And I had to say to myself, hey, at this one particular market, if we sell 75 bottles, that's good. And I'm going to be happy with that because the time it's going to take for me to be in the kitchen to get an extra 100, 200 bottles ready for the weekend, it's just not going to be worth the sacrifice of my personal energy. So just kind of learning to celebrate your accomplishments and really thinking about like, what is a meaningful goal that you can accomplish in the time that you have available? And just really being honest with myself about that. Because that helps you not to be upset about what you didn't accomplish, but really focus on what you were able to accomplish in the time that, that you had. So that was just kind of like a mindset I had to adopt. And then the other thing is just like, in general, in life, I'm the type of person where it's important that I spend my time doing what makes me happy, doing what's meaningful. Of course, you can't be happy all the time. You got to do grunt work and all of that stuff. 
but like doing the things that are important to me and, you know, life is not guaranteed. And I always remember that. So like I had been spending a lot of time with like my kids, not with me or with my mom or mother-in-law because I needed to work on the sauce business. And I had to take a step back and think, Hey, like my kids are important. They want me. They're starting to cry because they're not seeing me until the morning now because I'm getting home from the kitchen so late. So like, what's important to me? If it means a birthday party with my kids over a farmer's market, like sometimes I have to make those decisions and I'm leaning more to doing the thing that is good for me and my family and my happiness. So you just have to kind of set realistic expectations with yourself and not be upset if you can't do it all, all the time. That's a really good point about setting goals and figuring out priorities. I guess that's really individual for everybody and they have to figure it out for themselves. Is there anything that you wish you knew when you started your business? I wish I think I had started some things earlier in terms of like food testing and all of that thing, because like you, if you want to get a product to be shelf stable for six months, well, that takes six months. <laughs> and, you know, like I'm just kind of like I wasn't thinking about hmm, like even though everything isn't where maybe I don't need to worry about what the bottle looks like. I already have a recipe. Maybe I just need to go ahead and ship that in instead of spending like three months trying to get the packaging right only at that point to then start my like six month testing point, for example. So I kind of was like so focused on the creative side that I didn't really think about like the timeline and spent more time than I needed to. I wish I had known, I mean, you can't ever say like what your success is going to be, but I wish I had known people would really, really like my product. I think I would have invested more in the beginning in terms of getting help, knowing that that would pay off later. But instead, like I worked myself really hard because I wanted to keep costs low, which is understandable. But if I had kind of really knew that this product was going to take off, I think I would have done more, gone a little bit bigger earlier. Yeah, when it would be great to like know that at the beginning, it would take away like some of the feeling of risk and all of that. Did you have any of the feelings that entrepreneurs sometimes have like, like imposter syndrome or fear or anything like that as you were getting your business off of the ground? And if so, how did you deal with those feelings? It's funny. I feel like I've experienced imposter syndrome more in the corporate world than I actually have in this business. And I think it's because it's my product. Like I connect with it. So like I didn't have that judgment of like, what does my boss think? Or what does somebody else want me to do? It was more so just like, Tierra, the the sky is the limit. Like, what do you think the next best thing is? Or what do you think the best decision is for your company? And I was able to just go ahead and do it with the only real risk being like my own personal disappointment, but not like a fear of judgment from a boss or something like that. So I don't didn't feel like I had imposter syndrome, but I did have the feelings of like, man, did I like invest all of these like personal funds and will it fail? Or will I ever like kind of be able to have a return on the investment that I made? And that is a kind of a fear that I've had to kind of work through. Even today, like, I don't know, I need to grow my business and I need to figure out like what the next step is. And as you know, like growth comes with more investment, right? And so I think that's kind of been the biggest thing I've had to overcome. Is there like a specific way you work through those fears? Or do you think just having to face them continually over time, it gets easier? I think I overcome it by trying to set kind of like realistic boundaries, right? Like, so for me, especially because, you know, I have, I'm a mom, I have two kids, like, I would never, I'm, I'm, I'm just like making this up, but like, I would never like, put my house on the line, right? For my business, I'm just not that risk averse. And I, I would never do anything that might put my family in jeopardy. 
However, like I might decide, you know, hey, this is an amount of money that, you know, I can invest into the business. And if it works out, that would be amazing. And I want it to work out. But if it doesn't work out, then like to me, the return is what did I learn along the way? What good experiences, what positive moments that I get just from being an entrepreneur, even if hopefully not, but even if it happens to be short lived. So for me, it's all about like kind of minimizing my risk and kind of like understanding like what my boundaries are from a financial perspective. And then also not thinking about the return in just pure numbers, but also just kind of like what other joy and other learnings that I get from this investment. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not always financial, right, that you get out of things, although that's important, but <laughs> but there are other things. What about successes? Well, how, how would you define success as a small business owner? And what are you most proud of? What accomplishments are you most proud of? You know, I'm the type of person in general, it's my personality, that I, I don't kind of stop and smell the roses, right? Like I'm always looking for the next big thing. And so uh, my husband and my father actually say and say, hey, like you are in Food Lion. <laughs> like that's a big success. And so for me, it's all about really just really stopping and realizing what a success is. And when you're always in like go, go, go and trying to hit the next milestone, you don't actually always realize what a success. But I think what I'm most successful is, honestly, I was proud of myself the day I got that sauce in the bottle. I remember saying, I said, if I do nothing else, I'm so proud that I made it to this point. So many people have an idea and they never make it to an actual physical product. And I really and truly meant that. Like, I'm just proud of myself for get, from getting it to this point. And then when people started liking it, I was just like, okay, I'm proud that I'm like able to make sales. And then when I got my first like retail partner, local retail partners, that made me happy. But now that I'm in food line now, I'm supposed to be in, in Harris Teeter soon. And we are on Amazon. And those are, I think those accomplishments are almost like surreal to me that I can't even, because I'm, I've heard the phrase like working in your business and working on your business. And like, I still spend a time working in the business that I can't even see all the time, like <laughs> the big business successes. And so I think for me, those are some of the successes that I'm, I am proud of. I just, unfortunately don't always like take the moment to really see them and appreciate them. That must be exciting to walk through like a food lion or, or I don't know if you shop there, but to go in and be like, oh, there's my sauce. That must be kind of a good feeling. You know what? It's more exciting when I see my kids see it. So I remember we, we walked into a store and my daughter, she says, mommy, it's your sauce. And like, <laughs> that was more of a moment for me than even like me myself seeing it in there and like hearing other people say, hey. You know, I was at a market yesterday, actually, and a customer came up to me and said, are you in Food Lion? Like, I saw you in Food Lion and said I wanted to try that. And I was just like, yes, I am. So having that brand recognition from others, to me, it's just, it, it, make, it, it gives me all the feels. Oh, that's awesome. I love how, how excited your kids were at seeing your sauce, too. That's amazing. So what about, do you have any other advice for small business owners that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Because I feel like you've kind of been giving a lot of advice just by telling your story, but does anything come to mind? I would say just, you know, take the time that you need to do things right. Do your research, especially if you have a food product, like at the end of the day, like you want to make sure you're doing things safely. But then I would also just say, don't let 
great get in the way of good. Like I could have spent a ton of time making my website perfect or making my label perfect or trying to find like the biggest and best market to be in. But eventually, you know, I remember someone, my friend said to me, or like, Amazon was started in a garage, I believe. Like, you've got to start somewhere. And she's like, remember when we were in college ordering textbooks? Remember how crappy the Amazon website was? <laughs> she's like, you know, you've just got to start somewhere. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be your big vision. But you start and then get better as you go. So that's the advice that I have for entrepreneurs. Are there any things that you wish other people knew about supporting small businesses? And what are some of your favorite small businesses to support in Baltimore? I think for me, it's important for everyone to know like how much work goes into having a small business. And often our products are made by hand or they're made in small batches. And of course, that comes with an additional cost. So you're not going to necessarily be able to get a similar product, you know, earrings, for example, might cost a little more if they're made by a small business than they, they would someplace where, you know, you could just kind of pick them up in bulk. So I just kind of always remember the work and effort that goes into having a handmade product made with love and that like small businesses are important. And it's fun to have a, a unique item that in some cases, like you might be the only person who owns that item because it was made individually. So definitely just want to put that out there that it, a lot of work and effort and energy. And sometimes that comes with a little bit of a higher price tag. That's a really good point. I think people, I think you're right. I think people don't realize how much work goes into something that is handmade. So I'm glad that you pointed that out. Do you have any favorite small businesses in Baltimore? Yes. One of my favorite kind of bakers is Nina. She does Nina's Cookie Explosion and Sweet Smith's Bakery. They're both in Baltimore. They're both great for cookies and, and snacks. I really enjoy working with them. Harp Vision does body products. And they actually just opened their second location. I know one of their locations is in the Lex Lexington market. So they're, you know, a product I enjoy. And then B, a Meraki Naturals. She also does a great body product. I really love her rose oil products that she has. That's a face moisturizer. So I really try to frequent local businesses. So I have a lot, but I will say in general, there's a store called Makers of Maryland. They are based in White Marsh and there are a ton of local makers that you can kind of frequent there. So I would just shout out Makers of Maryland, as well as Pandora's Box, which is in Baltimore by the Cross Street Market, and Tidal Salt, which is a little bit further out in, in Sykesville. So if you're in any of those areas, you can, you can check out the makers I just mentioned and many other local makers in those stores. Where do you see Yorktown Spice going in the next five to 10 years? Because you mentioned that this is your first product. Do you envision expanding to other things? I do. I would very much like to do a vegan product and other flavor varieties of our sauce. And then ultimately, I would like to have other products such as um, ready, not ready to eat, but like, I don't want to say like seasonings, but I want to help people cook meals in a way that they don't have to really think about how to make them taste good, right? So like, even with this product, I'm going to put out, I would like to put some recipes out on how to use crab sauce to make some easy meals, whether it be like an easy potato salad or an easy crab cake using our sauce as a base, but then also kind of on the dry spice side, how to use our product to just make cooking easier for you. Like I'm a mom, I have two young kids, I was working full time for a long time and will likely be doing so again soon. And I just always, always looking for like a quick meal, but a home cooked meal um, without me having to pull down 10 different spices and seasonings. So I do envision that as an opportunity for us. But to be honest with you, like I am 
perfectly happy with having this one product and growing it and having it in more shelves. My vision when I started this business was to start with this and to take it to what I just explained to you. But I've sat back and realized, you know, I get such a positive reaction from this one product. If it ends here and I just sell as many bottles of this as I can, I'm happy with that too. Okay. Thank you so much to Tiara Chim for being here today and for sharing her story. I thought what she said in the end about not letting great get in the way of good is amazing advice. So often we need things to be perfect before we do something like launch a small business or start a podcast. And all that does is prevent you from getting started. I know other people who have been on the show have mentioned this before about not getting caught up in perfection, but I think it's something that is just always a good reminder. I think it's something that you have to hear over and over and over. Like, it's okay if it's not perfect. You know, just put something out there and learn as you go. And that really is the best way to get started. And I think that is a great place to end for today. I've linked in the show notes where you can find Yorktown Spice on social media, as well as their website. And I have also linked their Amazon shop where you can purchase the sauce if you want to try it. It really is delicious. You should get a bottle. It's summer. It'll be great with crabs or things that you're making on the grill, different meats and things, vegetables, French fries, as Tiara mentioned. So I'll link where you can purchase on Amazon. Thank you again to Tiara for taking her time to be a guest on this show. I'm really appreciative of that. And thank you so much for being here today and choosing to spend some of your time with this podcast. I appreciate you too. And I will see you soon. 